right, good evening, everyone. Let's stand together and turn to page 392 in your hymn books, page 392, Stepping in the Light, 392. Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior, trying to follow our Savior and King, shaping our lives by His blessed example. Happy, how happy the songs that we bring. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light. Stepping in the light, how beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, led in paths of light. Pressing more closely to Him who is leading when we are tempted to turn from the way. Trusting the arm that is strong to defend us, happy, how happy our praises each day. How Walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light, stepping in the light. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, led in paths of light. Walking in footsteps of gentle forbearance, footsteps of faithfulness, mercy, and love. Looking to him for the grace freely promised, happy, how happy our journey above. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light, stepping in the light. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, led in paths of light. Trying to walk in the steps of the Savior, upward, still upward, we'll follow our guide. When we shall see him, the King in his beauty, happy, how happy our place at his side. How beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light. Stepping in the light, how beautiful to walk in the steps of the Savior, led in paths of light. Amen. And just a couple pages over, 395. Still sweeter every day, our Lord is. Amen. 395, still sweeter every day. Jesus, every day I find my heart is closer drawn. He's fairer than the glory of the golden purple dawn. He's all my fancy pictures in its fairest dreams and more. Each day he grows so sweeter than he was the day before. The half cannot be fancy beside the golden shore. Oh, there he'll be still sweeter than was before his glory broke upon me when i saw him from afar he's fairer than the lilies brighter than the morning star he fills and satisfies my longing spirit more and more each day he grows still sweeter than he was the day before the half 
not be fancy beside the golden shore. Oh, there he'll be so sweeter than he ever was before. My heart is sometimes heavy, but he comes with sweet relief. He folds me to his bosom when I droop with blighting grief. I love the Christ who all my burdens in his body bore. Each day he grows so sweeter than he was the day before. The half cannot be fancied beside the golden shore. Oh, there he'll be so sweeter than he ever was before. Amen. And one more song, 471. 471, he the pearly gates will open, 471. <clears throat> Love divine so great and wondrous, deep and mighty, pure sublime, coming from the heart of Jesus, just the same through tests of time. He the pearly gates will open so that I may enter in. For he purchased my redemption and, for, and forgave me all my sin. Like a dove when hunted frightened, as a wounded one was I, broken hearted, yet he healed me. He will heed the sinner's cry. He, the pearly gates, will open so that I may enter in. For he purchased my redemption and forgave. so great and wondrous all my sins he then forgave I will sing his praise forever for his blood his power to save he the pearly gates will open so that I may enter in for he purchased my and forgave me all my sin. In life's even tide at twilight, at his door I'll knock and wait. By the precious love of Jesus, I shall enter heaven's gate. He the pearly gates will open so that I may enter in for he purchased my redemption and forgave me all my sin. Amen. And you may be seated. All right. 
If you need a prayer list to wave your hand, I think they're on the sound booth. I don't think they got passed out there. Maybe. There we go. And uh, praise the Lord. Brother Harrison was with us this morning. Enjoyed that. And uh, another man just trying to serve the Lord in the place where God has put him. And so praise the Lord for that. Uh, Julia did get to talk to Becky this afternoon. And um, the kids seem to be doing much better. They were actually able to have a service this morning, though Becky and the kids are back in Anyama, uh, away from the actual area where the stuff was uh, dumped. And... Uh, there is some sign that the government is trying to mobilize and do some things. So uh, it's better than it uh, appeared to be, but uh, still needs a lot of prayer. So we praise the Lord for that. And um, also uh, just praise the Lord for all the work that's been done. Some of the work that was done this past week, you'll never see, Lord willing. Um, the ceilings in both these rooms, the nursery and the uh, chapel, when we originally put those up, uh, the man that did that work for us said, oh, you can just do it this way. Well, we got in there and found out after a couple of years, you can't do it that way. It was actually, the ceiling was actually coming down. And uh, so um, the men from Connecticut fixed that for us. So it's all back. And uh, like I said, Praise the Lord, you don't even see that kind of stuff. And uh, the uh, platform downstairs, you'll notice uh, you didn't hear the piano. You didn't hear anything. It's all insulated and the ceiling's up down there. And we're moving in the right direction. So praise the Lord for that. Any other praises to add to the list here? Miss Ann. Okay, Ralph Brandoncino called, and uh, the diagnosis is, has improved as well as his physical state, and uh, we'll just put that as a response to prayers. Amen? And Amen. He said he can't believe the prayers are actually doing something, but they are. So, amen. So, praise the Lord for the testimony there. Hmm? Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, sometimes that takes a while, but uh, Van Burt, it was a young girl that was in the coma. She is out of the coma. Um, doing better. Desiree got to see her in the hospital. And she's not speaking normally yet, but starting to come out. So praise the Lord for that. All right. Any other praises to add to the list? Uh, Brother Paul, nice and loud. Amen. Everybody hear that? Praise the Lord for salvation. Okay. Brother Franz. 
Yes. What? Oh, amen. Andrew told his first story in children's church. Both he and the kids survived. Amen. Miss Mariana. Amen. Praise the Lord for our church. Peter. Praise the Lord for his forgiveness and forbearance. That's something we all use too much of, but praise God it's there. Amen. All right. Any other praises? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the testimonies tonight. We thank you for the good reports uh, for uh, Ralph Brandoncino and this young lady we've been praying for in, in the coma that she is improving. Lord, we just thank you for the work that you are doing. We thank you for your protection there with the Mack family and thank you that they were actually able to have a service and uh, that uh, things are improving somewhat. We thank you for the fact that we can hope and we can trust in you no matter what befalls us, Lord. We thank you for the fact that you are there and you are greater than any problem we'll ever face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz. All right, let's stand. Turn to page 621. 621. Who is on the Lord's side? 621. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? Who will be Bye. 
by thy grant redemption, by thy grace divine. We are on the Lord's side, Savior, we are thine. Fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the King's own army none can overthrow. Round his standard ranging, victory is for his truth unchanging makes the triumph sure. Joyfully enlisting by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side, Savior, we are thine. Amen, and you can be seated. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of Psalms, to Psalm chapter 19, Psalm chapter 19, beautiful psalm, let's just read right through that, starting in verse 1 of Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in the keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This is one of those beautiful psalms. If you've read uh, the Bible very much, uh, you have been or should have been arrested by the words that are in this psalm. It's uh, a very familiar one. You will not pick up a, a book on the psalms or anything about the psalms without at least a mention of this. There are several songs uh, that people sing today uh, that 
come uh, from the, the words of this uh, hymn, this psalm, and uh, as I was uh, putting the pictures together for later tonight, I, I just kept looking at all of those beautiful things in creation and, and began to read through this psalm. Now, when you're studying the Bible, of course, there is a purpose to studying the Bible, and one of the best ways to do that is read and read and reread the passage until it starts, um, oh, let's see, what's the word? Congealing in your brain, amen? Uh, you've got to get the Scripture through this thing before it gets here. Then when it gets here, it changes your heart and then begins to help you change your behavior. It's a, it's a complex process. It doesn't just happen overnight. And, and we end here, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now, I do not understand why they made me do this, but they did in Bible college. I had to take two semesters of psychology. And uh, so in those two semesters of psychology, we began to study. And it, it was interesting, even 20 years ago, when I took that, those classes, psychology at large was saying, we no longer believe in Freud. Now, let me ask you a question. Would there be psychology today without that pervert called Sigmund Freud? And the answer is no. He is the founder of psychology. And people come up with all these different ways that we can control human behavior. Now, if there's anything we should know by now, it is the fact that we cannot control human behavior. Amen? I mean, just pick up your newspaper. Uh, you cannot control human behavior. You wonder why they're taking all these little kids and putting them on Ritalin. It's because you can't control human behavior, so you dope them up so they're so numb they can't act right, act out what they're trying to do. And we get here and we're starting with let the heavens, declare, the heavens declare the glory of God, we end with the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth. Now, let me just challenge you tonight. If we can get the meditations of our heart right and the words of our mouth right, don't you think the rest of it will probably line up pretty quick? I, I believe it, it will. And... What we're looking at in this psalm, as we look through here, we're going to divide it up into three basic parts. Part 1 starts in verse 1, goes down through about verse 6, and it talks about creation. God gave us creation because it teaches you and I about Him. We have scientists that are trying to measure the universe. They think and they claim that the Hubble Space Telescope has actually taken a picture of the edge of the universe. 
And they are so excited because they just don't know how to contain themselves. They think they finally measured this thing. Now you say, what is so important about that? Well, if they believe if they can measure it, then they can understand it. And they claim that the universe is 13 billion light years wide. Now stop and think about that. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second per second. All right? So in one second, light can travel around the world somewhere around, uh, let's see, six times. That's one second. It's a little more than six, but... Now, there are 60 seconds in one minute. So 60 times 6 is 360 times around the world. Probably, let's just make the math easy, 400 times entire diameter of the Earth at the equator, the widest spot in one moment, one beam of light is capable of traveling that far in one minute. And they claim that the universe is the amount of distance that light, which travels the entire circumference of the world around 400 times a minute, would travel in 13 billion years. Now, does that blow your brain or what? We live in a big place. Amen? And, and the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, how do they do that? Number one, they're absolutely gorgeous, are they not? Have you ever been out away from the city lights and been able to look up into the starry night without all of this light blotting everything out? I mean, it's, it's beautiful beyond compare, is it not? And then you go through the atlases and all the pictures. Now, Peter, if you can't sit still, just move, and it'll it, it's distracting. Now... You look through the pictures that they've taken through the telescopes and you can see the different nebulous and the different colors and, and the different uh, stars. It says God knows them all by name. We're not smart enough to even count them yet. The book of Job said they sing together. And you know that these, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, astronomist, not astrologist, okay, Astrologists worship the devil. Uh, astronomers study the universe. They've actually recorded the different magnitudes and sounds that the stars make. The Bible says that they sing together. And uh, some godless scientists believing the universe is billions and billions of years old made a tape recording of the sound in the music that the stars make. You know, even those people who claim to hate God and not believe in Him give testimony and agree with this book called the Bible. I just love the way God does things. The heavens declare the glory of God. The universe. Then we come down. Have you ever 
had the opportunity just to lay on your back in the grass and look at the clouds roll by during the day. Now, don't do it too often, but it's a beautiful thing to behold, is it not? There are all kinds of things that we can see. And what do they do? They tell us the greatness of God. Mankind has yet to develop anything nearly as efficient in carrying water as a cloud does. You ever thought about that? I mean, just the clouds from some of these storms that come by have dumped inches of water all over huge areas and flooded them out. Now, just stop and think of how many gallons of water it takes to dump three inches of water over New York City. And remember, each gallon of water weighs somewhere around nine pounds. That's a lot of water, isn't it? Do you think that happened by chance? I mean, I could talk about this all night, amen? The skies, the heavens declare, the skies above us declare the glory of God, amen? If we want to go beyond the sky and look at the universe, all it does is declare the glory of God. Uh, the way I love to put it, only God could waste the entire universe on us, amen? I mean, no one else has that much uh, ability to, to expand. Uh, they, we think it's 13 billion light years across. God knows how big it is, amen? He made it. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Overlap that a little bit. How God moves all of that water. It rains on the mountains and snows and then it melts and runs down through the valleys and waters everything and back out to the sea. And God designed all those things. He makes it work. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. How many of you remember the science textbooks from the 70s when you were in school or the 60s or the, you know, you, you look at those science textbooks and you read them. Do you know how many times those things have been revised since we were in school? You know why? Uh, because we keep learning more about the universe that God created. Amen. And we still don't know everything, do we? They talk about thousands of unknown species that live that we haven't even discovered yet. Now, if you go to a philosophy class, they want to ask you the question, if a tree falls in the forest where no one's there to hear, does it make a sound? I'd like to ask them a question. If a species hasn't been discovered by man, does that still make it a species? <laughs> You see, God's got stuff that we haven't even figured out yet. Amen? It says right here, a thousand years before Jesus was born, day unto day, utter speech, night unto night, showeth knowledge. There is no speech 
nor language where their voice is not heard. There is no people group in the history of mankind that has not discussed and written and talked and, and uh, explored God's creation. Amen? That's what it's saying here. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. I mean, everybody's talking about it. In fact, somebody sent me a book uh, a while back. Sent me a couple of books. I don't know why they're still on my shelf. I think I ought to throw them away before somebody gets them and reads them. But they take this thing and they say, Oh, see, you've got to read this here. It says, he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run his race. You see, the sun moves and the earth sits still. Some guy wrote books about that. Now, do you want me to tell you the interesting part about that? I don't claim to know everything about it. But neither... The geocentric, where the earth sits in the middle and it's still and everything runs around the earth. Or the heliocentric, where the sun is in the center of the universe and everything runs around the universe. Neither one of them really describe what happens. Because if the sun was rotating, I mean the earth was rotating around the sun. Wouldn't there come a time when you could get far enough above the earth to break the gravitational field that the earth would spin faster one way than it would the other. Do you see what I'm saying? If you went, if you were in a spaceship flying against the rotation of the earth, it should move very fast, where if you were flying with the rotation of the earth, it should move very slow compared to how fast your spaceship is flying. But it doesn't work that way. All navigation is done as if the earth were perfectly stationary. Both interplanetary and when we fly planes and stuff inside our atmosphere, everything is standing still. Because if you do it any other way, you mess up big time. Just an interesting thought. But could we just make a statement that we might not just know as much about this as we think we do and stop trying to put all of these different things in a box because that's not what this passage is talking about. This is poetry. When I sit down and watch the sun come up, that's the way we've always talked about it, isn't it? Because that's what I see. I see the sun rise. How many of you have watched the sun rise in the morning? It's a beautiful thing to watch the sun rise over the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean anyway. When we were out on the West Coast, we got to see the sun set. There were a lot of clouds. Got a little bit of a picture of it. The sun setting on the Pacific Ocean. It, it's pretty cool to watch as the sun goes down behind those gray waves. And, um, but it's talking about the sun. Aren't you glad the sun gets up every morning? 
Now, when you can't see the sun because of the clouds and everything, is it still there? Of course it is. And this passage talks about it. It says, His going forth is from the end of the earth and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Somebody says, oh, yes, there is. There's things that are hidden from the heat thereof. You go down in those caves. Oh, wait a minute. What happens on the moon? It's 125 degrees above zero during the day. And as the moon turns and the sun is not shining on that side, the temperature drops to about a to almost 200 degrees below zero because the sun heats the side that it shines on. There's no atmosphere to hold it in. Our earth is warmed all the way through by the sun. Amen? It keeps us. It keeps life on this planet. It says the law... Then we get... Uh, I'm sorry. Just want to finish this here. We talk about the sun. We rejoice in the sun. We rejoice in the creation of the world that God has made, the universe that He has placed us in. These things teach us about God. Amen? Now we look here at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Now, I just want to make a connection here. The psalmist is writing about creation. Then all of a sudden he makes a trans, uh, transition to the law of the Lord. Why? Because those are the only two places that you and I can observe and understand about God. Amen? We can look at creation, we can see His greatness. But if we really want to know about God, we have to go to His Word. There's a connection here. If you're going to learn about God, there's two places to go. His creation ought to drive us to His Word. Amen? And if you're going to learn about God... I pray tell, where else are you going to go? Are you going to lock yourself in a closet and wait for feelings to come and knock at the door? I hope not. Don't look inside yourself because God's not there. Not unless you've been born again. And then you're not looking inside, you're looking back to God. Amen? You've had to stop at His Word. And that's what it's talking. The law of the Lord is what? Perfect converting the soul. Do you remember when you finally admitted that God was right and you were wrong? Wasn't that a wonderful day? That's what the psalmist is talking about here. The testimony. Here's God's testimony right here. Just another word for the Word of God. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You remember all the uncertainty in your life and in the world? Then you believe this book called the Bible. It's not so uncertain anymore, is it? 
I've got the character of God written out for me to study and understand that He is going to do what is in His best interest. And by that, I am going to be bettered. Amen? The Bible tells us, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And how many wise men of this earth look utterly ridiculous trying to figure out things that God said long before they were born. Amen. I just love that part. Let's move on. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. We could spend a sermon on each one of these, couldn't we? God's laws are right. And when we are obedient, they rejoice the heart. They set us free. They give us confidence to live in this world. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I tell you, we could stop almost all larceny, grand larceny, theft, grand theft auto in New York City if we would just open up the pages of the Bible. It says, all you have to do is when somebody steals something, they have to pay it back four times. That'd solve the problem, wouldn't it? You steal a $30,000 car, you're just in debt for $120,000. We'll give you a bona fide minimum wage job working for the city of New York, and you can pay it off in the next 55 years. Amen? It wouldn't take too long to straighten that problem out, would it? I mean, just think about it. It says, enlightening the eyes. When we look at God's law, we can actually begin to look at things right. Amen? We can see things. The fear of the Lord is clean. What's the fear of the Lord? To hate evil. Pride. In arrogancy, in the forward mouth, do I hate. That's Proverbs 8:14, I believe it is. The fear of the Lord endures forever. It purifies us. If we could only be more afraid of God than we are of men. If we could understand that the fear of the Lord, as we fear and reverence Him, we must turn our back on the sin and the filth of this world. It has to happen. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. We look at creation. It is so grand and glorious that we cannot begin to describe it all. We look at the Word of God. It is absolutely perfect and pure. And now in the last few minutes, the last part of this is the prayer of the psalmist. He says, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. I wonder tonight, gold is what, about $700 an ounce or something right now? 13 ounces in a troy, 13 troy ounces in a pound. So you take 13 times 700 and... Twenty-some thousand dollars, something like that, right? Seven, uh, hold it, don't got it right. Anyway, do the, huh? 
Over 7,000. Okay, there we go. You take that bag of gold, and if we could just set one on the floor here and give you the choice, the real choice between taking home that gold and leaving the Bible or take home the Bible and leave the gold, I wonder. I mean, we all know what we should do in church, amen? But the psalmist is talking about his heart here. He says, then much fine gold. How many of you have ever been to a place where they make honey and had and gotten to taste the wild honeycomb? That's an incredible thing. I mean, it is so sweet. It You just can't... If you've never done it, boy, I'll tell you, you, you ought to try it sometime. It, there's, they'll actually give you the beehive that is saturated in honey. And... Uh, it is, there's no candy ever made by man that's anywhere near what that honeycomb is like. Now, how many like sweet things? I mean, you get those Godiva chocolates or something like that, and you say, wow, that is just almost too much, but I'll bear it anyway, right? The Bible says, the psalmist here says, listen, more to be desired than gold. They're sweeter. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. It says, moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in the keeping of them there is great reward. You know, uh, I just read an article uh, in the Wall Street Journal was given to me on this new purpose-driven movement and the subtitle under it, No More Wrath of God, question mark. And the article went through to outline what is happening in churches with this purpose-driven movement that the preacher no longer preaches on self-sacrifice Giving, you cannot go through the Bible and not find one passage that does not come around and deal with the issue of self and getting rid of self. And yet that whole purpose-driven movement is removing that from the Scripture so you can do whatever you want and claim to worship God at the same time. The, the, the Bible term for it is self-deception. That's what it's all about. It says, Men shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We look right here. We're praising God for His creation and the goodness of God and the greatness of God that is taught in creation. We look at the beauty of His Word. And before the psalmist can finish it, he's talking about sweeter than honey and the honeycomb Moreover, in them is thy servant, what? Warned. And in the keeping of them is great reward. God is interested in modifying our behavior. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? And we move on here and it says, Who can understand his errors? Now, I don't believe that's talking about God's errors. That's... There are no errors in the Word. It just got finished saying the Word of the Lord is pure. 
This, again, is the context of the psalmist. He's writing about himself. Who can understand their own sins? Have you ever done something and say, that was the stupidest thing I ever did. I don't even understand why I did that. You're echoing the words of David right here in Psalm 19. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. The prayer here is, there are things that we do that we may not even recognize as sin. Ask God to clean up those things. Ask God to, to get rid... That's what it means in Psalm 1, 9, uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to uh, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, keep me clean from the things that I don't even understand. How many of you lived several years in your faith and relationship with God before the Holy Spirit began to reveal to you the wrongness of certain things that you were allowing in your life? I believe that's happened to all of us. And what, we need to, what we're praying here is, cleanse thou me from secret faults. Verse 13 is another series. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins and let them not have dominion over me. The idea of presumptuousness is something that is addictive, something that I plan, something that I know I am doing overtly wrong. Uh, psychologists, they like to call it uh, compulsive uh, I can't remember what the other word is. Something disorder that... What? There we go. Obsessive compulsive behavior. That's presumptuous sins. You want to solve the problem of obsessive, presumptuous... Uh, uh, whatever I said there. Whatever they call it. The Bible calls it presumptuous sins. It's where you feel like circumstances are forcing you to do things that are wrong. Almost every one of those things are learned behaviors. If you ever had to battle with cigarettes, you had to teach yourself to smoke because your body doesn't like it. If you've ever had to battle with alcohol, you had to teach yourself to drink because your body doesn't like it. It gets sick. It knows what poison is when you put it in. If you're addicted to drugs or any other thing, pornography, put it all in there. You have to teach yourself to like those things in order for them to come in and take over. David says, keep me from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Get the victory. It says... Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. There are times where people will come so close to trusting Christ, but because of sins that they allow in their lives, it's just like being swept out in the tide. Sin will do its work in your life if you allow it to. 
And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what, my friends? Death. He's saying, keep me from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. And I'll walk with the Lord all the days of my life. That's what he's saying here. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Do you know how to make your, the words of your mouth acceptable in his sight? Just start using his. Amen. You want the meditation of your heart to be acceptable in the sight of God? Start thinking about the things of God's word. Memorize a verse and think about it all day long. Let it, let it just seep down through you or read a passage and, and just let it fill you because He, excuse me, Jesus alone is our strength. Jesus alone is our Redeemer. There is no strength in this world outside the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no Redeemer outside our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Creator. And by the way, He is the living Word, and what we have is the written Word. And we see in this psalm everything that you and I need to live for the Lord. We study the universe, and what do we see? God's greatness. Amen. We study His Word. And what does it do? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. We thank you for this beautiful song. Lord, we pray that we would do more than sing the words, that you would help us to live them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's take just a moment. If you need to come and pray, we'll just bow our heads where we are.